In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Lights are but oh no, we keep the candle lit. I keep my opinions to myself, cause you can't handle it. I get on the track, my only goal is to dismantle it. Banger after banger, got the school and now the hammer. Last year I dropped my first CD, they loved it. All of them witnessed, but y'all ain't seen nothing. We made the CD with barely no money. Imagine just what we could do with a budget. We had to kill it, it never was optional. Get out the way, yeah, we pushing the envelope. We had to stop just to make it unstoppable. They asked for my point of view, I say tropical. Cause I'm in Miami, shout out to my Haitians. Alright guys, well, welcome back to another episode of Eat Sleep Fantasy. We are totally changing it up tonight. Um, I'm Christian Brito. My name is Jeff. But joining me tonight, we've got, uh, let me introduce Mr. Michael Hoff, or Mike. You could just call him Mike. Sure. What's up, Mike? Hey, say hi, Bert. Hi, say Gladys. Hi. Goodbye. What's going on? Just call me Giancarlo H57. Let's just stick with that. Okay. Yeah. You know a lot of people don't know what the hell that means, right? No, but they oughta. Yeah. I mean, if they follow All right, me on Twitter, so, so just saying. We've got Mike Stanton here. Also <laughs> with us. Also with us tonight is another one of our writers, Mr. Philip Caldwell. What's up, Phil? Not too much, man. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Fantastic. It's uh, fr- Friday night, you know, talking fantasy after watching that disgustingly bad game last night. Amazing. I started... I didn't even finish it. I just started Westworld. Dude, thank you. Yeah, don't 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 spoil it, please. I haven't I haven't caught up yet. So, dude, that show is awesome. I know. So, I got a, so far so fucking mental, man. It's good. I got Richard into it. Like he just wouldn't stop talking about it yesterday, which uh, I mean that show is great. Um, <clears throat> new episode on Sunday. True story. Anyways, man, we've got uh, we've got several things we got to talk about. We've got plenty of news that has been coming out um, today and yesterday um, about a lot of seems like a lot of running back injuries. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, along with that, we want to talk some of Phil's dumpster dives. Amen. And, and uh, some of Mike's stardoms and sitoms this week. He's added uh, some sitoms. So yes, basically, right. whatever whoever you picked as a stardom for defense is better be a sit <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. Just, 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 just reverse it. That's all. <clears throat> um, no, don't do that. The yeah. stardoms have been pretty good. Yeah. And then basically, Phillips' uh, column is a stardom uh, as well. It seems like apparently as of the last few weeks. Yeah. So before we get into any of that, guys, there's there's <coughs> so much news. So let's go ahead and get into uh, the news and notes. Sounds good. Right. News and notes. I just want to say something, though, if I could, quickly before we start with the news. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last time I was on, uh, Brito, you know this, uh, the sound quality was a little messed up with the headphones. Uh-huh. So I sounded like I wasn't reacting to anything that Brito said, like as if I was being interrogated and it wasn't even moving a muscle. Right. But I was actually laughing at his stuff, so I'm not as big of a prick as I seemed uh, on the initial recording. So. Oh, I just thought that was the East Coast in you. <laughs> well, 
I mean, I do have a little bit of that, but 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 Brio did have some funny things to say, so I, I did laugh. So I just want to put the that truth, out there. The truth lies somewhere in between, right? There was probably plenty of moments in which he did not laugh. <laughs> right. right, but this saves me now. This is my saving grace. Now, next time I have no excuse. So Exactly. Yeah. All right, so we'll uh, we'll evaluate after this episode and see where we're at. That's it. All right, first piece of news, guys, here. Um, we're in week eight, and Jamal Charles is yet again ruled out this weekend. Um, it's an injury that's been lingering all season long. Um, a guy that, going forward, what the hell are you doing with if you're a Jamal Charles owner or a Spencer Ware owner? Well, if you're a Spencer Ware owner, you're, you're set. You're, you're loving life right now, especially if you're not also the Jamal Charles owner. And I think if you're the Jamal Charles owner at this point, you're trying to get anything out of the guy who has Spencer Ware. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that Jamal Charles is going to bring you any sort of actual value at this point. Yeah, I mean, this is a very scary situation as far as Jamal Charles goes. I mean, I mean, he's done this before. He came back and he was great, but... Now he's out again, and it's been this long. I mean, listen, when people drafted him, you know, this year in fantasy football, they had no idea it would take this long for him to be able to be productive, you know, from any standpoint. So, I mean, for the Spencer Ware owners, I mean, they're clicking their heels, and they're hoping Charles stays out. But, <laughs> man, this, this Charles stuff, I mean, it's, it's, it's alarming beyond fantasy. It's, you know, you start to worry about the guy's career. Well, and Absolutely. I think I think this might be one of those things too that's like better for the football team, worse for fantasy because they might like this knee problem might not have been something that would have kept him out of a game before, but now they're saying we don't need you, so mm-hmm. just take the week off, rest, and we'll ride you through the the actual playoffs, you know, and which doesn't do the fantasy owner any good, but it's great for the actual football team to have this level of flexibility and this level of talent. Very true. Right, with the Chiefs at four and two, I mean that that, that division's pretty intense with with two teams at five and two, and the Chiefs at four and two actually in third place. But right. um, they're a team that definitely has the mentality that they're a potential playoff team. Um, they want to have a late season push, and um, the way that uh, one of the Chiefs uh, correspondents, uh, Anthony Servino, described the way that Spencer Ware has been playing is like a man possessed. Like basically, he's been better than a lot of people could have been could have predicted taking over that that Charles role um, and he's been he's been very good and as long as you have him I mean Charles seems like he might be out for a while because they are at this point let's play it safe with Jamal Charles and have him come back for later in the season when we could really use him yeah that's really a shy. I mean I had guys in my actual league of record I mean I had one guy who I mean he he kept him and he didn't get Spencer Ware and he's Ooh. just kind of flailing in the wind there, you know. So it's uh, you know, if if you're somebody that doesn't have both, I you know, if you're the Jamal Charles owner without wear, that's uh, that's a pretty bitter pill to swallow right now. So yes, yep. Um, probably an even more bitter pill to swallow here is C.J. Anderson, uh, finally placed on IR after the roller coaster of uh, news that kept coming out yesterday. Uh, you know, oh, he's going to have season-ending surgery. He's like watching oh, no, tennis. I'm fine. I'm not going to be on IR. So um, 
Guys, I'm going to toss this one over to Mike. What uh, what do you see coming out Broncos backfield now that C.J. Anderson is on IR officially uh, as of 5 p.m. Friday? I think Booker's going to take that, and I think he's going to run with it. And i got to be honest, I mean, I think that's going to be his job. I mean, I picked him in my picked him in my stardom column this week, and you saw C.J. Anderson's carries had been de- decreasing every week. He was getting less than 20 carries on a regular basis. I mean... Now you're going to get Booker out there. I yeah, I think this is big trouble for Anderson. I think Booker's going to take this job. And I think you know, from a fantasy perspective, he's he's going to produce because I mean uh, Simeon, he's he's serviceable, but he's not a world beater. So, and uh, you know I think Kubiak's going to rely on the run like he usually does, and I think he'll, it'll be it'll be many happy returns for guys that had Booker on their uh, on their bench. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about Booker. I don't necessarily I, – I think he's fine. I think he's probably almost as good as C.J. Anderson, if not as good. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes him so appealing is the amazing stretch of games that are coming out in terms of his matchups for the next few weeks. He's got the Raiders followed by the Saints, mm. one middle-of-the-pack run defense, the Chiefs in there, then followed by the Jaguars. Those are the next four games oh, for the nice. Broncos. Wow. Those run defenses are horrendous. Yep. And um, some of the worst or best in terms of most fantasy points allowed. That's Yeah, that's trouble. I mean, now, uh, unless you own Booker, then that's fantastic. Yep. Now, if, if like we were just talking with Jamal Charles and Spencer Ware, if you happen to grab Booker off the – you know, probably off the waiver wire last week or something. Do you need to go grab Bibbs? Because the one knock on Booker is he does have a fumbling issue. And if he puts the ball on the turf too often, do you think this guy Capri Bibbs is actually going to make enough of an impact that he should actually be stashed? Uh, I mean... Not, a, not at the outset. I would say probably no right at the beginning. I mean, um, my, I think it's going to yeah, be Booker's work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly what Brito said. I mean, it's my my personal my personal point on that is I'm going to miss out on Bibbs. I mean, I'm I'm going to miss out because I'm not going to pick him up. And if I go to go get him, it's going to be too late. I just I just see I don't know. Maybe it's just something with me, but I I see Booker being all right with this. I don't think I don't think Kubiak's just going to pull him right away. Uh, you know, he's he's already. I mean, even no matter if people think Booker is going to be just as good as Anderson or what have you, or if not better, I mean, Kubiak's still going down on the on the depth chart here and on a contending team. So I don't think he's going to want to dip too far into the reserves. So I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't pick him up personally, but. Okay. I just wanted to ask you guys, because I know a lot of people, especially now, are starting to handcuff. I mean, personally, there's a lot of other guys I'd rather stash that we'll probably talk about later. Than Bibbs, but okay. just in case somebody wanted a handcuff. I mean, if 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 you've got a if you've got a bench that's deep enough, I mean, then 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 why the hell not? You know, for an insurance policy. But yeah, you know, I mean, I personally wouldn't. But again, if you have the bench, if you have the bench spots available, then you know, maybe something to look into. Absolutely. He he did fumble on what was that? Was that his uh very first carry in the NFL? And that there's an open <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah, it was. it was. Yeah. So. Um, 
I, before we move on, because you, you brought the name Jamal Charles back up, and I forgot to ask this question. Is the name is the nickname Jacha? Is that a stupid nickname for Jamal Charles, or is it great? It's the worst fucking nickname I've ever heard. Yeah, no, who would say that? That's, no. That's terrible. No. Who, who, who made you. that up again? Uh, somebody in our listener league. And I said it was bad. Oh, that's right. It was the listener league. That's, that's when I stopped responding. That's when that was. <laughs> Jacha, what that's, the hell is that? That's like on Office Space when, when he asks if it's okay if somebody came up to you and said you had a case of the Mondays and yep. the neighbor was just like, no, nah, fuck no, man. Yeah, no, no. That's All right, cool. just ja- had to establish that. Because, ja-cha. Who, yeah. whoever, whoever made up Jacha, just act like it never I'll happened. I'll go back. Just put it I, back I've with called the Kennedy them out assassination. Before. Don't, just, just don't bring it up. <laughs> it never happened. Good stuff. All right. Awful. So next, next piece of little uh, news here. Um, Dion Lewis has been back in practice, practice again, second straight day, actually on Friday. Um, he is now in that kind of time frame where he has 21 days to be activated off the pup. What do you guys see going forward with James White and Dion Lewis? I'll, I'll throw this one to Phil. Well, that's actually, that was the first guy I was thinking about when I said that there are other guys I'd rather stash than Bibbs. He would. He was the first one that popped into my mind. I'm grabbing him anywhere I I can fit him on my roster, because <coughs> James White's been playing great. But we all know that Belichick will put in Bel- Belichick. I don't know what I just said. We all know that he'll put in whoever is going to you know make the most impact in that specific game. Be it Blunt, be it White, be it Lewis. And I think that Lewis is going to be the go-to guy. He really seemed to have a good connection with Brady. I remember last year there were a number of quotes about Brady talking him up before the season and during the season. And I think if if Tom likes him, he's probably going to see the field for New England. Good. Yeah, no, I mean, I was just looking at this now. I mean, I mean, I... I, I think Legard Blunt is going to continue to be a mainstay there in the offense. Um, you know, I think they like him a lot. I think he's going to get a lot of those goal line touches. But, I mean, in 2015, before Lewis went down, every single one of his games was five targets or more. He had five targets, nine, five, 11, six, nine, and five. So, I mean, Legard Blunt's not going to be catching those passes at the backfield. So, I think Lewis coming back, I think that's, uh, yeah, I think he's going to utilize the passing out of the backfield. So I would definitely be looking to pick him up. And actually, it sucks because I actually have owners in my league of record that are actually intelligent, and they already have them. So <laughs> now I'm trying to issue trades, so and they're not biting. So. Right. Yeah, and if you've been a guy in a PPR league that's been riding James White this season, you ha- you almost have to go get him just in case. Absolutely. Um, I I really think Deion Lewis is a much better player than than James White. I don't know if that's um, consensus with everyone. I I think the the talent level, at least from what we saw in a very small sample size, right from last year, Deion Lewis is a very elusive running back um, and a great pass catcher out of the backfield. When he does finally come back, you guys don't think that takes anything away from. Garrett Blunt because the offense has been a little bit different even with Brady back with Blunt getting a very high usage rate over the last couple weeks 
I think I think Blunt's still going to have those games that you just know Blunt is going to do well. You know, when the when the Patriots obviously overmatch their opponent, then you put Blunt into your starting lineup. Um, and if it's going to be a close game or something that we think might be a shootout, I really think Lewis will have some more value. And again, he's just going to have he's going to have those passing targets because they're just so good at that short passing game and getting the ball to Lewis in space with that, that he's going to definitely still have some value in those kind of games. Right. And, and again, I mean, I know you had mentioned, uh, well, I mean, I know you mentioned the offense is a little bit different now, or it seems to be taking on a different shape here. But I mean, when Lewis was playing, he only had one game last year where he got over 10 carries. So, you know, much like how Phil was talking about with the passing game and that whole dynamic. I mean, I think it's. I think when it comes to the passing game, it'll be Lewis. When it comes to the running game, it's it's going to be like Eric, especially on like goal line. So I don't think it, I don't think it'll affect him too much. All right, I want to get into some quick hitting questions here because there's a lot of running backs with injuries. Tevin Coleman ruled out for Week Eight. Ah, that um, reminds me, Brito. Quick sidebar. Well, not sidebar because mm-hmm. we we're talking about Tevin Coleman. <laughs> didn't didn't you <laughs> didn't you and I? I one of us said that we almost hoped that when he went out there that he would get injured. Didn't we say that? Because we were both oh, high man. on Freeman. I don't like saying stuff we, like that. Well, we may have to go back to the records because both oh, of us dark. were not thrilled. I both, probably... Both of, you probably did before I... Well, I might have, but hmm. we both were not <coughs> thrilled with the name of Tevin Coleman. I mean, talking about Devonta Freeman last week, so we were both high on him. Yeah, and the I, thing is, like, Tevin yeah. Coleman's a really good player. He and is? Devonta Freeman is also a very good player. Like, and it's just it's hard to see one on the field and the other one not. Yeah, like it's it's uncomfortable. And as a guy who Devonta Freeman, you know, carried me to a championship last year, and I'm just like I really like watching the guy. Um, it's I get annoyed with Tevin Coleman on the field, even though like he is a special running back. I think. Um, at this point, he showed enough that like he deserves to have a split with with Devonta Freeman. It's just annoying. Like, <laughs> yep, um, embarrassment so of riches. He's nice. um he's rolled out this weekend, but Devonta Freeman is playing Green Bay, so still kind of keep Freeman more or less where you might have him, or is he bumped all the way up into a top ten, top five type of back for you guys? He's top ten for me. I mean. Just because he he is going to be the one and only show there, um, right. and and Green Bay has a good run defense on paper, but when you look at who they played, they I mean they had really bad games against guys like Elliott, and then really good games against nobody else. You know, so it it's it it's more skewed when you look at it on paper than when you look at it in reality. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I was just going to kind of pick up <laughs> what he's just said there. But, you know, yeah, I mean, because when you look at the Packers stats this year against the running backs, they've given up uh, 399 yards, one touchdown, and 174 yards through the air, and no touchdowns. But, again, it's kind of like how Phil said. It's, you know, it's the quality of backs in which that they face. So, I mean, I think Freeman will produce here. I don't think you should – Start him expecting the world, but I, you know, he'll he'll give you something, and then from there they'll they'll move on from there. But yeah, I mean, I'm starting him 
I'm starting him in multiple leagues this week and confidently. So, because plus not that to game, mention that game is going to be high scoring. Yeah, I was going to say the over under for that game is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean if if they really do come close to scoring as many points as everybody's projecting for them, then Freeman almost has to get involved. I think that game is uh, where the hell is that game? I'm trying to look at it now. I think the over under the over under jeez over under is fifty two and a half. Yeah. My goodness, man. Watch the money. That's what I'm saying. Up. I mean, and now the Green Bay secondary, is are they still banged up? Like, is Sam Shields still out and everything? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far oh. as I know, as far as this podcast goes, yeah, I think he's still out. So Okay, well, then it could, I mean, ideally, well, not yeah. ideally, but it could possibly, you know, be another you know, ridiculous Julio Jones game. But I think that they're going to spread the wealth a little bit. Now, I know we're going off on a tangent, tangent from our news, but, you know, whatever. No I mean, problem. you know, who, 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 I've, I've listened to this podcast before. You guys go off on tangents anyway. I'm I'm in a league of – my league of record here, I have – I can start three receivers, and I can start a flex. And I've got Jordy Nelson, I've got mm-hmm. Randall Cobb, and I've got Ty Montgomery. <coughs> okay. Now, I – earlier this week, I – legitimately thought about starting all three of them. Do you guys think I'm out of my fucking mind? Half point PPR, uh, by the way. Considering yeah. how high scoring this may be. I, I'll just say something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my, sec- <laughs> my second favorite uh, Green Bay Packers wide receiver, and I've been saying this all is, season is long. Is Devontae fucking Freeman the one I don't have? or? De- Devontae Adams. <laughs> I have it. I have it ranked. Um, Jordy Adams, um, Cobb Montgomery, in that order. All right. And I think you know they should be all three worth a start. Actually, Aaron Rodgers has over the last three games thrown it more than Aaron Rodgers ever has in a three game span. Yep. Um, and so. He he finally cracked 300 yards again last week. And he um, had after not... he had 56 receptions, and I mean the all-time Packer record is actually 61. So he was right on the cusp of uh, pass attempts there. He was uh, up against it. I was going to say receptions is crazy. Yeah, and Rogers yeah. don't have 56. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Um, but yeah, man, I I think you can get away definitely with starting at least two of them. Um, and then it depends on whether you want to have the balls to start all three if you have a, a, another option I, I don't think i would put all my chips in one game because yeah. one bad game and you're screwed but um definitely would roll with two of them yeah no i mean i'm gonna i'm, I'm prior was gonna be my flex regardless because i do get a flex in there so he's my flex and i think i may throw in hopkins and but then it's like which packer then here's here's another question is which packer receiver do you take out i mean cobb Cobb last week was pretty dynamite, and I mean Montgomery. Obviously, we all know because he's all the you know he's all the rave now, and Jordy's the number one. So, who would you take out? I, I almost think this is Montgomery. a get right game for Jordy. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I feel like they want to get him feeling comfortable. They want to get him in the end zone, and I. My f- second favorite Packers wide receiver during the preseason, and this stemmed from last year actually, was Ty Montgomery. And he made me look like a fool for a long time, but I drafted him in my deep league that I'm in. And it has paid off in spades these last two weeks. And I think he gives you a safe floor because he's going to get you a couple points from rushing. 
He's going to get you a couple points from catching the ball out of the backfield. And then who knows what else he might do with that. So I think you've got to start Montgomery. Uh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. Since you mentioned Pryor earlier, next little piece of news here. Josh McCown is going to be the week eight starter for the Browns. Is that, uh, does that help the Browns at all? Oh, God. <laughs> Phil, Phil you can go first. I'll take it from there. <laughs> I I just don't even know anymore. They have honestly it's been impressive like the the long running joke of how many starting quarterbacks the Browns have started like in history used to be funny, but the amount of quarterbacks that they've started this year is insane. Um I think it adds- Actually, dude, hold on, hold on. Yeah. We're going to play a game here. <laughs> Let's okay. Let's go back and forth, and you guys are gonna see if you can name all the quarterbacks that have started for the Browns this year. Fuck, fuck all right, me running. I'll, I'll let <laughs> I'll let Mike start because he already sounds angry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not angry. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold. Wait, hold. What am I doing right now? Guessing name, the quarterbacks. 2016 yeah. Browns starting QBs. Oh my god. Uh, well, it's not Johnny Manziel. I know that much. Uh, Josh McCown played a little bit. Gee, I, Kessler played a little bit. Just start. Give me one. You're giving him answers. Let's go. Give me one. What? Give you one what? Okay, give, give me one, one one quarterback. One you already quarterback. said Kessler. Fine. Go. All Your right. turn. Uh, RG3. Phil. All right. Go. Your turn, Phil. Whoa. I mean, Mike. Mc, who? McCown. All right. Go. Your turn. Uh, Phil. <laughs> uh, see, now, now I've forgotten. Now it starts to get difficult. Whoops. Yep. Kevin Hogan. Oh, there you go. All right. And there's one more, right? I can't even remember who the last one is. Well, and then Terrell Pryor took Terrell some snaps Pryor. at quarterback, I was gonna, I was too. Be my next guest would be Terrell Pryor because he did throw a pass. I feel like we're missing somebody here. Right. Well, at, at this point in time, I think they were just going to start taking Browns fans out of the stands and putting helmets on them. Yeah, really? It was like a giveaway that they were given to, that they were given to Cleveland fans. And you get to start a quarterback this week. <laughs> um, yeah, <clears throat> so that was a uh, – it's been a pretty rough season for the Browns. But, hey, they'll get the number one pick but again in listen, all likelihood. I'm telling you, and I – you know, about the Browns, though, I mean, and prior, I mean, I was going into – I mean, I mentioned this in my Stardom Sim column this week. I mean, I mentioned all the way back in week one that you should start Terrell Pryor. And I had said that – because it was until Gordon comes back. And I said after Gordon comes back, Pryor's going to have to learn how to do something besides a fly route. So, I mean, obviously <laughs> we obviously we both know, I mean, we all know that, I mean, for the better circumstances, uh, Gordon's getting himself right. But, I mean, Pryor is going to kind of take on that role now of being that go-to guy. And, I mean, McCown's going to lean on him because, let's be honest, I mean, Pryor is the best athlete on that team. I mean, Bar none. I mean, as far as the offensive side of the ball goes. So, and Revis Island, like I referenced in my article, Revis Island has been more like a Revis uh, Revis Highway. Got you know. Yep. I, I, think that, I think that whole mystique of oh god, I'm going against Revis Island. I think that's I think that's kind of uh, faded a bit. So yeah, it's a thing of the past. Yeah, exactly. So I think definitely, I think if you're starting prior and. 
I forget his cash value on DraftKings, but if you get him on DraftKings or if you're going to start him in your league, I think he's I think he's worth a start. I think he's especially if McCown's playing, he's definitely going to get points. For well, sure. yeah, and to bring it back to McCown, like he's been out for a while. He's got to get back in the rhythm of things, and he's going to lean on his playmakers. And so Absolutely. I think with McCown coming back in after so many weeks off, you're going to get a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of reverses to Pryor or a lot of maybe even Wildcat looks with Pryor and stuff like that just because I don't think that they want to put the entirety of, you know, the offensive responsibility on McCown's shoulders. Dude, you said you, they got a lead on their playmakers, and I'm just here like, what playmakers? Well, exactly. Ah, boo. <laughs> Come on, get some exa- Cleveland. Terrell Pryor, that's it, that's it. <laughs> Uh, I, I think Crowell is kind of an underrated, <coughs> underrated um, running back. I don't think he's too bad. Uh, he is, and and I mean, I've even traded for him in a number of leagues. But the the problem is, it, the, it's the same issue with Todd Gurley in, in L.A. You know, load up against the run and dare them to beat us with the pass. That's it. All right, guys. Uh, last two pieces of news: um, Lashawn McCoy is going to likely be out this weekend. Where does Gillis Lee slide in for you? Um, I'll, I'll let you handle this one, Mike. Well, I mean, uh, well, you can't trust Rex Ryan because he may just go <laughs> ahead and he may just decide to just fucking play him anyway. You know, it's fucking, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd play him, but I've got to be honest, I'm not expecting a whole hell of a lot out of him. But considering it's your bye week, it may not be a bad pickup. I mean, who who are they up against this week? Who is that? New England. New England. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not. Yeah, that's no. I don't really think he's startable. Really, to be honest with you, I mean, I think he's someone that you should pick up because considering that everybody was on kind of, it was, a, it was supposed to be a foregone conclusion last week that that McCoy was going to be out and that Gillespie was the guy to get, and then last minute, you know, uh, the. The bill spent uh, sent everybody into a t- tailspin about that, but yeah, I think you should pick him up. But I don't think you should start him this week unless you're up against it with the buys. But going forward, I mean, yeah, because if that if that hamstring is worse than uh, worse than Rex Ryan thought, then yeah, he could could pay off down the line. Yeah, to me, I mean, I think it was such a mistake to have McCoy be active I last know. week. That was the worst decision of the whole week, I think, that typical, any coach made. Typical fucking Not even, Ryan. It doesn't make sense. Like, he is – I mean, it's Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy. Like, that's it. That is their offense. And without McCoy, like, that offense has a very high likelihood of sputtering and not being as good. We'll see if uh, Gillisley can take that slot. Um, but – in the limited touches that Gillespie has had this season, he's averaging 6.2 yards per carry. Um, he's a guy that, um, in his career, is brief. I mean, he's only got 75 carries on his career, but he's averaging 5.7 yards per carry on his career. I mean, he's a guy that's, that is talented. Um, if Dale were here, he would say he's a University of Florida guy. Um, I was going to say, <clears throat> where, where is Dale? Because I've been on the podcast twice lately, and he has not shown up. Does, does he not want to talk to me or what? No, uh, Dale is actually down here in South Florida, along with Armando and Richard, and yet I'm the only one here. Because that makes sense. You know, why don't you guys come (coughs) to New York and come chill here? You know, just saying. 
Just saying. We should do that, except without Dale and Armando and Ye- Richard. You know what? If I get <laughs> <laughs> if I get if I get Phil to come out with me, I fucking know for sure that we won't be drinking water, I can tell you that much. No, sir. Uh, that's it. Amen. Right. Chocolate milk, right? Uh probably not that either. Alright. Yeah. God damn it. Gotta roll with me, man. Nope. Alright, so one. I'm sorry. Real quick okay. on Gillisley before we completely lose the rails. Um <laughs> I I just wanted to remind you guys too. Um, Marcus Goodwin is out, and yeah. if he's out, that receiving core is even thinner, and there's nobody that can stretch the field, and there is no reason why New England shouldn't just put eight in the box every single down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only is Goodwin out, but Robert Woods is also a game time like, decision. <laughs> like they may call me soon. I mean, I'm pretty close to Buffalo. Yeah, you know, I can drive there. It's there you go. Same as Cleveland's giving away starting quarterback jobs, then maybe the maybe the Bills will just start giving away wide My receiver God, jobs. God, man, Sammy Watkins cannot come back soon enough. Yeah. Well, twenty seventeen will be here anytime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> not happening anytime soon. All right, yeah. last piece of news before we finally move on um, is Listen, Matt Jones. This has, been, this has been high quality fucking news. I'm just saying. Well, there's, I mean, there's a ton of fucking news, dude. And and like, I cursed. You guys talk a lot okay. about dicks in the podcast, by the way, when I'm not around. It's a little weird. Yeah, we shouldn't talk about Armando that much. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. I listened. I didn't. I, 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 I listen. Truth serum here. I didn't listen to a ton of podcasts for a moment. All of a sudden, I downloaded one, and like in the first ten minutes, it was like. It was D-bombs left and right. I said, what the hell is going on over there? So, yeah, hopefully I we can... I think they uh, just got a new drop and wanted to hit that button as often as possible. I hope that's what it was. I mean, you know, hopefully we can, <laughs> ho- Hopefully, with me and Phil here, we can get back to basics here, but, you know. So. Come on, guys. Let's be <laughs> honest. If you could have a drop, right, that at any point you could just say, you know what, I'm going to suck up my own dick a little bit, you would insert it like we're going to do right now. I'm- I just suck on my dick. Suck on my own dick, man. Hey. I suck on my own dick. I don't think I'd ever talk. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever. See, I'd, 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 like, I don't think I'd gear towards that. I don't know. I, don't... I was more of a fan of the Rugrats drop, I think. Hey, man. And I, you know, listen, where's my bird drop, by the way? Oh, that's it. Can... You'll, you'll get it. It'll be at the. At the start of the show, so love that shit. Don't worry, fucking a. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the, the that, that's the that's the best opening ever. Then anyway, all right, fine. Last piece of news: Matt Jones, right? Yep, he's ruled out for this week. Yeah, uh, Chris Thompson show like Kelly, Robert Kelly. How's that backfield gonna look? Let's start with <coughs> Phil this time. I think this might be the most annoying backfield because everybody's trying to guess which one it's gonna be. Because the matchup seems all right, and it's in it's in England, so they tend to run a lot more, kind of like Thursday night football. But I think it's going to be a fifty fifty split. I I really don't think that they're going to try to put too much of the workload on any one guy, and so no neither one of them is really going to produce more than like I don't know seven to ten points. Yeah, I mean what what Phil said is I mean. That's pretty much on the head. I mean, if you get 
anything more from any other guy. If you're in any kind of PPR format, maybe you'll get a little more from Thompson out of the backfield catching the passes. But I mean, geez, I I listen. I know we're on the uh, the the bye week apocalypse here, but I mean, I got to imagine you'd have somebody better to go than those two. But yeah, I mean, maybe Thompson based on PPR. But yeah, it's it's not pretty over there in Washington. I kind I'd of, rather. Oh, go ahead. I kind of fully expect this to be a little bit different from you guys. Um, I dropped Kelly to just take Matt Jones's role for wow. this week. All right. Um, and Chris Thompson to just be his pass catching back. Maybe a few more carries for him, um, but to Rob Kelly to be kind of the guy until Matt Jones comes back. And I don't think mm-hmm. Kelly is talented enough to hold them off and keep that job. I, I now think Jones like- will be back. Now, like, would you have the stones enough to start him in DraftKings? Because that's, like, fucking food stamp fucking starter. <laughs> I mean, just saying. Uh, I got to I gotta see his price. <laughs> I, I might. I'm just going to uh, write that down as Phil, possible. Phil, you still can't get in on our uh, DraftKings thing, huh? Cause... Nope. It is illegal in the state of Washington, and unfortunately I reside in Seattle. It's called a proxy. God, a lot of rain. No DraftKings. It's fucking rough. I mean, you yeah. got the beer, so, yeah, go with that. That's true, and Winville has some really nice distilleries. And I, I mean, I got I got my uh, dick kicked in last week in DraftKings. I'm not sure about you, Brito. Oh. How'd you do? Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Talk what? about dicks. <laughs> Getting upset at me. Oh, I just said it <laughs> once. Listen, l- listen, you gotta say it ten times in the fucking open. I said it one time. I said it one time about 15 minutes in. <laughs> no man, but how'd like you do? DraftKings has all been one big uh, ploy because uh, I won the first week that I played, which was three weeks yeah. ago, and the last two weeks have just been horrendous. I actually had a decent week outside of um, I usually do one quarterback wide receiver stack, and I chose to do Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson. That's right, we talked about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say though, idea. I will tell the masses though. I mean, I think you should. Guys, go over to eatsleepfantasy.com. But I liked your streams for this week, though, a lot. I liked Winston especially, so and Taylor. So I think you guys should go check out Brito's uh, fine work over there. So Taylor's going to end up having to run the ball a lot this mm-hmm. week. We'll yes, see if that'll be effective or not. But um, New England hasn't been as great against the pass as people think. <clears throat> Anyways... Um, that's pretty much going to do it for the news. Let's go ahead and uh, we're going to jump into Philip Caldwell's uh, column right here and talk about some dumpster dives, some that's guys that you should be targeting. Um, so let's go ahead and do that right now. I should start off by saying, Phil, um, I feel like I have to say this every week now, is the king of dumpster diving. Yeah. I Listen, <laughs> I got I to gotta interrupt Phil here, and I got to be honest. I wasn't always checking out all of Phil's columns every week on the dumpster dive. And then I went back and I looked at everything, and I'm telling you, this guy is on – listen, he's not going to hit on every single one, obviously, who would on a on a dumpster dive, but – He's got some gems that come up. I mean, what was that? What was that Tyreek Hill last week? 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so mad because I took Tyree Hill out of my lineup. And he's, oh, he's yeah. Phil. Phil has gotten to the point where Phil hits so often that I was sitting down for the Thursday night game last night, and I said to myself, "Well, well, Phil said to to to, to start Marquise Lee, so he's playing tonight. So I guess I gotta watch uh, it." But I'm just saying, like that one. That one I was a little off on, but <laughs> to, to my credit, he did lead all of the Jaguars wide receivers through the first half by having one reception for 21 yards. Exactly. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> no, but Phil is fucking on point with these things. I mean, it's if, if you're in a super deep league, like he talked about the one time he was on the podcast with you guys, I mean, this column is ideal for you. So, most definitely. Well, thank you. Hey, no All right, problem. so let's go ahead and start off, and um, we'll go with your first dumpster dive guy for week eight that you can pick up, and um, that's Seth Roberts of the Oakland Raiders. I mean, he's owned in less than 1% of leagues. Tell me why you like Seth Roberts so much. Well, so the Raiders seem to kind of take a page from the Jets this year where they kind of forgot completely that they even have a tight end position. Um, which is really annoying because for some reason every year everybody in fantasy football talks about the Raiders tight end being like the sleeper and it's always a different guy and they never pan out so this year of course I drafted Clive Walford in a few leagues and it seems that Seth Roberts or I'm sorry yeah Seth Roberts just keeps sort of stealing those targets that would normally go to a tight end and uh let's see (coughs) Besides Crabtree and Cooper, obviously, Roberts is literally third on the team in targets, third on the team in receiving, and second on the team with receiving touchdowns behind only Crabtree. So it's like the tight end position just doesn't exist for them, sort of like the Jets, like I said, where it was Quincy and Nunwell back when Decker was still available. or They just kind of they go outside receivers. No, okay, I'm going to get that slot guy. And that seems to be what the Raiders are doing. They're passing a ton this year. So with Latavius Murray coming back, that it, it might get a little bit more balanced. But I really think still in this game, they're going to throw the ball a lot against Tampa Bay. And I really think that he's going to sneak in there for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean and when, I was putting that, when I was putting that article on the site, I'm not going to lie that the, you, know, you going into the Oakland tight ends, now guys have always <laughs> leaned on them. I saw, I saw a Brandon Myers name, and it was like seeing like an old girlfriend. I was like, God damn it! I remember that. <laughs> I was all over that guy. I was like, Brandon Myers, absolutely. Why not? Yeah. Right. It, it seems like every year you could just you could start the preseason talk with random Raiders tight end will be the sleeper tight end this year, and every year we're looking back at it, and he's like number twentieth. You know. Yeah. No, you ain't fool him. Yeah, man. Um, three touchdowns already on the season. <coughs> and uh, actually, it should be four, but three touchdowns on the season. And it <laughs> seems to be a guy that kind of gets looked for in that zone. Um, so, yep, third, he's going to continue to be third. I don't, I don't think anybody thinks anything outside of that. But he is that third option in that red zone um, behind uh, Crabtree and Cooper. <clears throat> I'm almost starting to wonder if it's Crabtree and then Roberts. 
I mean, Carr really hasn't shown any trust with Cooper in the red zone for, you know, going on two years now. Yeah. Well, the order, if I had to put an order for the red zone, I think realistically it's Crabtree and Latavius. We saw for some reason they get back Latavius. They did nothing in the red zone with their other running backs. But when Latavius comes back, two touchdowns. Like, that's his role. It's like 60 yards and a touchdown, 50 yards and that, a touchdown. Like, that's, that's his, true. his job. Yeah, it's crazy. Only one touchdown on the year for Cooper, man, I tell you. I, but, I mean, his overall targets, I know, I know we're talking about red zone right now. But outside of red zone, I mean, what, it's... 11 targets, 9, 9, 6, 12, 13. It's really good, yeah. Yeah, they, he's getting the targets. He's just not getting in the end zone. It's a little. It's yeah. a mixture of when they get down there, it's a little bit more looks towards the <coughs> country, along with being a little bit unlucky as well. It's a combination. Do you guys remember yeah. that time last week when I said to start him? Who? Crabtree? No, I said to, <laughs> I said to start Cooper. <laughs> yeah, fuck a wish. No, now you're just going to start. You're I said to start to Cooper on his uh, on his fucking startling five targets and four catches and <laughs> twenty nine yards, dick. Yeah, I, I started yeah. Crabtree. I'm sorry. I apologize. Anybody that it, listen, if anybody does read that, and if anybody actually did do that, I wholeheartedly apologize. Well, it's, if you have Cooper on your team, it's hard not to at least put him in your flex. This is at true. the very least. This is true. I don't know. I'm having a hard time doing that with Allen Robinson right now. Oh, okay. well. Uh, I guess. Okay I guess that awkwardly brings us to uh, my next dumpster <laughs> dive, which is Marquise Lee. So yep. Marquise Lee. I mean, prior prior to this week, I understand why he's in your dumpster diver call dive column and the Jags, although Blake Bortles left that game with yards, uh, Phil, the Jags were awful yesterday. So I don't think that has, um, necessarily the outlook for rest of season for Lee. So tell me why you like Lee in the first place. Well, see besides week one, Lee never had a game without at least six targets. And so when you're, when I'm looking at guys that are owning less than 5% of leagues, I look at, you know, opportunities. And he by far had the most, you know, just consistent targets. I mean, he, after week one, he had seven targets, seven, six, six, and then eight. Mm. I mean, he was just looking really good as far as the opportunity there. And then last night came to a crashing halt because apparently Blake Bortles can't throw it farther than 10 yards. Oh my God. He's, 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 he's turning into Brock Oswell Brock there. Yeah. Oh my god. Those just, two you just inadvertently so similar. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed what happened with Mike and his accent there, but he inadvertently what? came up with a new name for Brock Osweiler. <laughs> his, there we go. What his happened? new nickname is right. Brock Asweiler. <laughs> that's, that's... Well listen, I mean, I mean listen. With the way he's played, does he not deserve that kind of fucking name? He's, <laughs> I, I had said on and we're going off on a tangent from Phil Thompson died, but I had said, I had said Brock Osweiler is kind of, Osweiler is kind of like a fucking poor man's Alex Smith. Think about it. He can't throw for above twelve yards to save his life. It's all hitch routes and quick slants and quick outs. I can't tell you how many. As a DeAndre Hopkins owner, 
The quick outs. I've had enough of them. Can we go throw it farther than 12 yards? I just... Never mind. Well, the, I'm, I'm, the I'm problem with... Since we're there. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with Osweiler is he throws it as hard as he can, whether it's 12 yards or 40. And yes. so he's either he's always overthrowing the guys or he's just throwing it so darn like I the last game I saw him him play, he threw it as hard as he possibly could at Alfred Blue, who is three yards away from him. I who thought he was gonna break happening. his hand. Yeah. No, it was you're, just no, insane. You're right. you're right. You're right. It's 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 ridiculous. Every single throw <coughs> that's above twelve yards, when I watch these games now and I, I watch them. Every time he throws about 12 yards, I feel like every time he lets go of the ball, I say, this is not a completion. Because it's just like how Phil said, he's rifling it as fast as he can. And it's just, uh, that Texans whole team is just a nightmare. But, Where were we? But on the flip side, in Jacksonville, Blake Bortles seems to not even be able to throw it eight yards. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't care. I, 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 I saw one of the throws, I think it was to Lee, or maybe Alan Hearns, one of the two guys. And they were ten yards away from him, and Bortles threw it, and it was down at the it was down at their feet. So, yeah. I mean, normally I want to say that you know keep Marquise Lee in your mind because he's getting all these targets, but I, at this point in time, I'm not a hundred percent sure because I just I don't know if I can put any trust in Bortles at all. True story. One one more wide receiver here, Phil, that you got in your column that I, I think deserves to be mentioned is J.J. Nelson. With the news that uh, Jerron Brown tore his ACL, why is J.J. Nelson worth an ad? J.J. Nelson, one, is st- he's another one of those guys like Tyreek Hill who's just stupid fast. He could get the ball one time and get you a you know, 12, 13-point play. But the other thing is is we, we're still not sure what John Brown's going to really do since he's had that – apparently just brutal leg pain with some sickle cell trait. Jerron Brown's out, who was the third, well, I guess kind of the fourth guy, but uh, really the third guy because Michael Floyd has been nothing. And then there's Larry Fitz, who is the only real stalwart. And I really think that we're going to see a good hefty dose of J.J. Nelson, and he has been productive when he gets opportunities. I mean, four of his seven catches on the season – have been for 20 or more yards. So he's definitely explosive. And if he's going to be out on the field with all of these other injuries and just poor play by the Arizona wide receivers, he just needs, you know, one or two plays to really break something open. Okay. And my <coughs> wife is calling me from the other room, even though she knows I'm recording. Tell her I said hi. Is it that like what she does every recording? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's tell her, I, I feel like that's in most every pod. Tell her that Mike and Phil said hello, and tell her that considering what she has to deal with, we expect deeply her to be the most Wonderful woman in the world because she has to put up with you. So, hey, honey, Mike and Phil say hi. No, but tell her what I told you. You gotta help. You gotta help out your. Yeah, I'm still here. recording. What'd you tell me to tell the Mike? <laughs> tell her that for dealing with you. She is one of the most wonderful, understanding women in the entire world. Uh, she hung up already. Fuck <laughs> if I hadn't had, if I had nickel for something to happen to me, anyway, where she were we? She said you guys are dicks. <laughs> no, stop, I'm not a dick. 
There we go. Anyway, All right. Where were we? Where? We were, uh, we were going to talk about the last dumpster dive guy mentioned here, and that's Lance Kendricks. Okay, I got to be honest. You got to <coughs> convince me why the hell I would add Lance Kendricks. Right, I'm going to take a nap while I do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because this isn't the only bipocalypse bi- week, and you got a lot more coming. He's obviously not going to do any good for this week. So this is kind of looking more into the future. And to be honest, I just ran out of guys that weren't playing wide receiver because there was nothing for running backs. There was not much for tight ends. Um, And I didn't want to have four wide receivers in this column this week, so I went with Lance Kendricks. Um, And (coughs) as far as kind of just whatever tight ends go – He's the weird one that kind of sticks out where you don't look at him as basically just completely touchdown dependent. He's actually third on the team with targets. He's third on the team with receptions, and he's fourth on the team with reception yards. And I really didn't expect that when you, guys, when you have two really big-bodied and surprisingly fast wide receivers like Kenny Britt and Brian Quick, and then Tavon Austin, who they you know will... T- get the ball into his hands a hundred times a game. God, you know, whether he's going to get one yard per touch or not. Um, But I was really surprised at how many targets Kendricks was getting. And I really think that this might be the week we see golf when they come back from their bye. They've had plenty of time to get him prepared. Case Keenum had a horrible destructive performance in the last game. They've got a whole extra bye week to try to get him, you know, geared for this one game plan. And when rookie tight, when rookie quarterbacks get into the game, they lean on that tight end. He's there. He's within their peripheral vision at all times. He's a normally a pretty big body target. I really think that he could get peppered with targets when Goff gets panicked and wants to check down. So weirdly enough, I don't expect him to get a whole lot of touchdowns. But I do expect him to get a lot of receptions and more yardage than you would be normally getting from your tight end position. Okay, fair enough. Um, it's the one now guy that I would Mike say away. I can't. <laughs> yeah, Mike is the one guy that I I, I don't know. <laughs> he's gonna come out. He's gonna come out and score like three touchdowns this weekend. That's gonna happen. <laughs> See, this this is the thing. I would I would love to just you know I I said I was gonna take a nap, but and I would love to mock Phil here, but. He hits on some of these dumpsters, so I'm not going to mock him too much because, you know, exactly. I can't. Just my luck will fucking nail it. He deserves for us to not do that. He deserves the respect, absolutely, 110%. Even though I suggested Marquise Lee? No, you still still deserve it because I'm – I was – that was the one guy in the the dumpster dive column that, you know, I was high on him. I mean, you talked about Cole Beasley before week one. (laughs) You talked about – Ty Montgomery before Ty Montgomery was a thing. Like, right. it's, yeah, exactly. it's been That's pretty good That's so why we far. need to, you need to, you can you can mock Phil's uh, dumpster dives all you want, but they do generally come back and uh, they do produce, so. There's yeah. always been one guy at least so far. <clears throat> I'm taking some solace in that. Marquise Lee is just not that one guy this week. Yep. So... <clears throat> That's going to wrap it up for the dumpster dives. No, hold on. Not the episode. (laughs) 
Good lord, this guy's like, the fuck? What about my column? Why was I on no, the show? No, no, not in my column. I'm just having so much fun. I'm having, uh, listen, listen, it is, listen, this is why people listen to this. It's fun to talk about fantasy. Yeah, and man. To be able to get ahead and get on with you guys. Listen, we talk all the time on Twitter and such, but to be able to get on with you guys on, on this and talk, it's fun. So I don't, I, I don't want the fucking end. Whatever, sue me. Anyway, it's, what's the next question? <laughs> it's the name of the podcast, man. It's 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 because we're fucking addicts. Like, oh, just one more game, one more NFL game. Like Mike, the fact Mike. that the NFL ratings are down, I don't get that because I'm just sitting there like neither, I'm just going to be a zombie for seven I, hours straight. Yeah, and... I don't listen. I don't buy all that whole. You know, it's because of the national anthem. Thing. I, I don't buy. Listen, the diehard fans are the diehard fans. We're watching. I, you know, it's it's going to level itself out, but. Uh, yeah, moving on. All right, so we are going to move on, but we're going to move on to one last topic here. We're going to quickly go through Mike's starts of the week. Hey, say hi, Bert. Hi, say Gladys. Hi. Goodbye. No, Bert, 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 Goodbye. wait. Don't hang up, Bert. Don't hang up. Keep going. All right, and we're going to talk about uh, guys that you really like for this weekend and um, another column you could check out on com, along with Phil's um, dumpster dives and um, – my quarterback streamers um so let's start with your number one starting uh quarterback this week aaron Rodgers. tell us tell us uh tell us why aaron Rodgers is a starter (laughs) i feel like this one's kind of unfair (laughs) listen this is my perspective is when i write this i'm in a lot of leagues that are two two starting quarterbacks so to pick a starting quarterback, it's like, well, like everybody's fucking starting in my league. So, and I try and think in the perspective of somebody that might actually be questioning whether to start a quarterback or not. And before last Thursday's night's game uh, against the Bears for the Packers, there was a lot of skepticism as to, you know, is is the Packer offense in trouble? Do you start Rodgers? Is Rodgers producing? And I mean, after fifty six attempts which is, you know, what what the record was 61. I mean, I think we know that now until, I mean, the almighty Niall Davis gets into his mood, the Packers are going (laughs) to throw the ball. And, uh, I mean, you're talking about going up against the Falcons' defense that got torched last week against the Chargers. They've given up 2,157 yards, including 15 touchdowns on the year. So, like I said in my column, this may as well be a, fortress of solitude for Aaron Rodgers I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare and Aaron Rodgers has thrown more against the NFC South than he has any other division in the NFL obviously we're excluding the NFC North so I mean I think in the dome with a bad defense Vegas has this high scoring Vegas cannot be wrong and Aaron Rodgers is gonna sling this sucker out there like Phil mentioned earlier, I think Jordy Nelson is going to kind of be a game to get him back in there. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a fun time if you're owning Packer wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers. Nothing. And uh... to, to Mike's credit, if you look at the standings before, if you take out like Marcus Mariota and Blake Bortles from this week, Aaron Rodgers was like the tenth or eleventh quarterback in fantasy so i mean he really was a borderline fringe start recently which is bizarre to say oh oh, all that shit burrito says about you it's not true 
<laughs> what? What? Anyway, go on, Phil. Um, what do you got? Huh? huh? Who's talking? Huh? Nobody. I was trying to make it an awkward silence on purpose. All right. Well, you know, done and done. It, that's yeah. Succeeded. Well, well, if you want to make it awkward, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that you start Drew. Uh, you're gonna sit Drew Brees. So. You know, you speaking of awkward, awkward, I think this is the first <coughs> podcast I've ever recorded with my shirt on. Well, I'm just happy to be on the podcast that you had had your shirt on. You're right. It did get awkward. Yeah, that that made it awkward. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Here's a guy that uh, you mentioned earlier in the show, but um, how comfortable do you feel here with uh, your wide receiver start of the week, Terrell Pryor? I... I can't even. I feel extremely confident. I'm, you know, I know I mentioned the scenario earlier that I would start the uh, three packer receivers, but I'm starting Terrell Pryor, and I have no regrets. I have no doubts. I mean, the Jets this year, as far as giving up touchdown, uh, giving up to wide receivers, it's been pretty embarrassing. I mean, you wouldn't even know that Darrell Revis was on this roster. I mean, they've given up. They've given up a hundred and uh, hundred forty-four targets. 100 receptions, just over 1,400 yards and eight touchdowns. I mean, to a guy like Josh McCown, who's going to just be getting back out there after injury, he's going to want to air that ball out to his best target. And let's be honest, the best athlete on that offense is going to be Terrell Pryor. So, Gary Barnage. Oh, no, I was wrong. Well, well, well okay, besides <laughs> him, after him, after him, it's going to be Terrell Pryor. Josh McCown. Oh, I'm telling okay. you, I'm just thinking – I like him this week. I'm very comfortable with starting him. The Jets are just such a good matchup for him. I mean, actually, like you joke about Gary Barnage, and people talk about Barnage getting a boost with McCown coming back, but yep. the Jets are actually really good against the tight end. But with with the wide receiver, they are giving up the third most points to wide receivers. Right now, the only better matchup is, the weirdly enough, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and then it's the Jets. And you know Terrell Pryor is going to get at least one, you know, a deep ball every quarter, I think. Absolutely. All right. <coughs> Some of your other guys here that you got starting this week. I mean, you've, you've got A.J. Green. I don't think anybody's has any problem with that. But you've also got Randall Cobb. Um, is he your second guy, uh, Mike? Because I know I answered this. Phil answered this. Who's your second Packers wide receiver? Oh, is it Randall man. Cobb or is he your first no, he's he's not my first. As I think, I think Jordy Nelson is going to get. I didn't. This whole notion that Jordy Nelson is now out of it because last week. I mean, I understand the stats were not appealing, but I just I I think Randall Cobb. I think this is going to start to get back to the scenario that it was back when everybody was healthy and the offense, as far as passing, was at its full strength. And I think it's going to be a Nelson and Cobb show. I think Montgomery's still going to do his thing out of the backfield. Because um, I don't... I Listen, I know they got Nal Davis up to speed on the uh, offense here. But I still think Montgomery's going to be out there. And yeah, I like I like, I like like Randall Cobb quite a bit. And I think he's going to, especially in PPR formats, I think he'll get the reception. So yeah, I like him as a start this week most definitely. Especially considering all the buys that you may have. Now, <clears throat> you've got Cole Beasley sitting against the Eagles. Um, is that because of the Eagles' defense, or does Bryant return, or a combination of both? What's going on there? 
combination of both. I mean, yeah, it's Des Bryant returning, but obviously, I mean, I, <coughs> I don't, I don't imagine Des Bryant's gonna, you know, set the world on fire. But I mean, you have you have the Eagles who have given up the third fewest points to opposing wide receivers, and they are one of seven teams that just allow less than a thousand yards to receivers this year, and just three touchdowns. So. I mean, I don't consider that an ideal matchup for Cole Beasley. I don't consider that an ideal matchup for Jason Witten either. That's going to be a tough... If the if the Cowboys do anything offensively, um, Dak's going to have to prove me wrong. But other than that, it's going to have to be all Ezekiel Elliott because I do not like these pass catchers this week on Sunday night. See, I actually, in PPR, really like Beasley this week. I think... Uh, I think... One of the the strengths of the Philly defense is their safeties. They have a couple of the best safeties in the league together, and I really think that's going to hurt those guys like Dez and Harris and anybody else on the outside that's maybe trying to get up there a little bit deeper. And I think Beasley running those underneath routes is really going to be able to collect in a lot of receptions and hopefully break for a few decent yards. So, so what kind of what I'm so sensing what kind of is you thinking for Beasley? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sensing an eat bet. Yeah, I'm about to say Uh-oh. a guest eat bet here because uh, something I don't know. Do you like Cole Beasley? Okay, I'm I'm gonna try to help you guys out here. Do you like Cole Beasley <laughs> more than Terrell Pryor this week? Ooh. <coughs> no, no, I would definitely start Pryor against the Jets. And I'm gonna say that the loser eats a spoonful of flour. Oh, that's so disgusting. Just can you even do that, or is that like a spoonful of cinnamon where you just choke? I've done know. it. It's rough, but you can get by. All right. One one tablespoon of flour. Done. Although I'm not taking against – I'm not going against Terrell Pryor. So we got to figure out something other than that. Listen, you guys, <laughs> you guys, want to st- you guys can do a stat line as well, like uh, yeah. over under well, blank number of catches and blank number of yards. Well, how about this? How, how about, about this? F- Phil and I, considering that – the running time on this particular episode has been way too long. Phil and I will work out something on Twitter, and if people are interested enough, they're just going to have to come to our timelines and find out what we agree on. But All right, do an eat that bet. is a tentative eat bet. Listen, if people are interested enough, then they'll come <laughs> check it out. If not, I mean, then shame on them. You know, Then don't act like you're interested. Tentative eat bet. Eat bet. Mm. All right. <clears throat> anyway. That was anticlimactic. Huzzah. Well, I'm sorry, Phil. I'm, I'm sorry, Phil. You got something? Do you want to make a bet or what? No, it's already PPR happened. PPR league. Oh, okay. No, nope. fuck it. Oh, moving Ant- on. Anticlimactic ending. All right. An- an- anticlimactic <laughs> due to Brito. So. Boom. CJ Fedorowicz. Dude, I saw this guy in your starts, right? And I know he's been okay <laughs> the last couple weeks. But he's patching, catching passes from Brock Asweiler. Mm-hmm. Why do you like C.J. Fedorowicz this week? Also, that's an awesome last name. It is a, it is an awesome last name, and I gotta be honest, it took me a little bit to be able to practice pronouncing his last name because I thought you'd ask about it. But the Lions have not been good against the tight end. They've given up six touchdowns against the tight end, six all year. So, and that's uh, off of thirty-six receptions for three hundred seventy yards. And I'm thinking. Brock Osweiler, as everyone has have everyone has seen, he's had trouble getting the ball downfield. So, when you have trouble getting down the getting the ball downfield, who do you rely on? You rely on your tight end. 
and I think it's just a perfect matchup, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna produce there. So I like him quite a bit. So yeah, I'm I'm confident starting him, and I'll do a I'll do an eat bit there too if you want. Yeah. Hmm. Might have yeah. to come up with then. See, he's got to be a little bit. Fuck it, I can't think of one right off the spot, but. I, I don't well, hate Fedorowicz. Yeah. I think he's a fine start there. So that's yeah. there's nothing wrong there. Cameron Braid and Zach Miller are some of your other options. I like yeah. those guys too, especially considering those games and those matchups. So. Cameron Braid's a bit really Cathy's. You don't like Cameron I Braid love, this week? I, do, I like Fedorowicz against the Lions. Man. I I like Braid against the Raiders, but Zach Miller against the Vikings? Mm, why not? Mm-mm. The Vikings' defense is for real. I mean, okay, Detroit. You don't you don't like Brock Osweiler, but Detroit is giving up the third most points to tight ends in fantasy. Right. 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 Um, Where are the Vikings at? And the, the Vikings are. Pretty sure they're like here. in the middle, or like maybe tenth or twelfth. They are. Uh, yeah. No, they're they're towards the bottom. Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, so 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, Ninth 16. Least. Ninth least. Yeah. So, Phil. That's, that's not the matchup I'm going for. Okay. Yeah. Just check. Especially, who, who's quarterback for the Bears? Do we know this yet? May as well be my mom at this point. I don't even know. It's going to be a mess. I mean, I, I assumed Cutler was coming back, and then... Fox came out and said, I'm done with Cutler. And so that kind of threw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. Uh, guys, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle for real. I think with Moncrief, Moncrief coming back, I think, listen, I think that Doyle is real. I think he's going to continue to produce for you. But I think with Moncrief coming back, it's going to eat a little bit into it. And I think anybody that says otherwise is just being a little bit ignorant, especially because... In the preseason, Moncrief was all the rage, and I mean, I mean Doyle. I mean you. I mean no one would even know what you're talking about at that point. They would have thought that you were foolish in the draft. So, I think to think that Doyle is going to continue his production with Moncrief there, I just think that's kind of a you know ignorant kind of observation. So, well, not only is Moncrief coming back, but so is Philip Dorsett. And back when they had healthy wide receivers, the Colts ran more three wide receiver plays than any other team in the NFL. So that's going to definitely limit Doyle's looks if they've got all three of those guys out on the field at the same time. Hmm. Do you really hate Zach Miller that much? I gotta. I'm like, hmm. I'm looking for an e bet here. I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I don't think he's going to be great. I don't think he's going to be bad. <coughs> Fuck it. You don't let you don't look for eat bets. You let the eat bets come to you. So okay. we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. Jason Witten is a sit for you. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, mm-hmm. And Do then, you see that stat though that they've given up that they've like the the stats that they've given up the tight ends has been crazy. The Eagles are like. If a tight end's going up against them, you do not start them at all. We just they've given up what uh, thirteen receptions and one touchdown all season long. That's yeah. Uh, Their average tight ends score an average of three point four points against the Philadelphia defense. That's total. That's like the tight end position scores three points. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So third third fewest against the against the Eagles. 
Listen, Only Brito, I'm going to say this, Brito. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like the commander-in-chief of Eat Sleep Fantasy because uh, Armando's never around, and and Dale's too awkward to uh, take the role. But listen, this has been a long podcast, but it's been fucking informative as fuck, so... I think we're okay. doing all right. What do you, informative what do you... as fuck. Informative <laughs> as fuck. You <laughs> could use it as a tagline if you want. You're welcome. <laughs> we should use that as a drop, right? Like when we get really stats heavy. <laughs> you know what this segment's going to be? This segment's going to be fucking informative as fuck. fuck. <laughs> That's it. All right, That's man. Um, the that, mic drop. That right mm. there is going to wrap it up for the... <laughs> These starts for the week. It's going to wrap it up for our show. Uh, before we head out, guys, Phil, where can our listeners find you at? I am at P Caldwell, nineteen eighty-five. At any of the social media platforms that I actually use. Right. So you can find them on Snapchat. You can find them on. Uh... Nope. Twitter and the Fantasy Life app. That's about it. Okay. All right. You can find Mike where. I am specifically on Twitter. Do not look for me anywhere else because you will not find me. I'm like a hidden assassin. But if you're looking for me on Twitter, I am GiancarloH57. And, uh, yeah, just feel free to follow me there. But feel free to follow everybody else with Eat Sleep Fantasy because we've got a lot of awesome stuff going on. And it's just going to continue to get better. So keep you it can, up. You can follow our show at Eat Sleep FF. And uh, definitely, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us there, or you can go head on over to eatsleepfantasy.com slash questions. It's been a great show, guys. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. Um, and thank you so much for, for being on, man. It's been fun. Thanks for inviting us. You just sent out the bat signal. I'll be there. I'm wearing a Batman shirt right now. That's funny. Oh, really? The one time I'm wearing a fucking shirt, it's a Batman shirt. I've got I just a Batman, just I've for got a Batman Mike. half sleeve. Nice. Batman, Is Batman Mike and Joker half sleeve tattoo. Very cool. Mike, do you have a promo for your other pod? Nope, because that has not been operating because I am so <laughs> dedicated to fantasy and everything else. So that has not been going. So I apologize yeah. and immediately regret that decision. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. Phil is like the reincarnation of Dale's awkwardness. (laughs) I just do it with more gusto. (laughs) Oh, God. All right, I'm going to try this again. For Philip Caldwell and for Michael Hoff, I'm Christian Brito. Have a good night, everyone. Suck a dick. And we like to play till the sun go down Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down And we take that town, and we take that town